Welcome to Holistic Hearts, a place to dive deeper into living holistically, a place where my mom shares thoughts on living fully, creating intentionally, and empowering others to come along with her in this journey. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Holistic Hearts Podcast. Ooh-wee. I have to admit, it was a little rough trying to come up with an idea this week because I was needing some time to recharge. Uh, Between homeschooling and launching this business and ministry and diving into my own personal coaching, uh, not going to lie, I, you know, as you've listened in the past podcasts, I my tendency is to go into my own strength, which is not how the Lord wants. And so I have been recharging my batteries, kind of taking a step back and resting. So I am bringing you this episode fresh off the press. I just went for a run. I wrote all this down this morning because yesterday was my daughter's 14th birthday. 14. So that means I've been a mom for 14 years and that kind of blew my socks off. And so I wanted to invite you into the space of pondering what would I tell myself as a young mom right after I had Copeland? What would I have told myself if I could go back into time? And I believe even if you're not a mother, I think this would apply even if you don't have children, even if you're a dad. I I know this will speak Uh, just because I'm human, you're human, and we have this amazing connection of just living on this journey together. So, all right, here we go. In no particular order, I was going to do 14 because she's 14, but then (laughs) I just kept going. So I'm just going to share with you what I wrote down. The first thing is God gave me my children for a reason. He gave me specifically these four kiddos at this specific time in this era. And I think for many years as a young mom, I thought I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. And, I, and that is an honest uh, <laughs> thought. I, didn't, I had no idea and I didn't trust myself. So even from the moment that we buckled her into the car seat and we left the hospital, there was this feeling of, wait, what? why am I in charge? <laughs> so I would tell myself, yes, you are equipped for this job. So mama, you are equipped for this job, for these kids, for this time period in life. The second thing I would say is to lean in and study your children. This is huge because, and it kind of blends into some other things that I wrote down too about quit reading all the books, (laughs) which sorry, parenting books, if that um, ruins anybody's uh, um, revenue. But I will say, The best book is within yourself 
and leaning in and trusting yourself and trusting that the Lord is going to speak through you, that the Holy Spirit is going to speak and nudge you and watch your children, watch their hearts, look into their eyes. Do you see the way that God has created them to be? Not what some parenting expert has to say. What do you see in your child? Like I said in the first one, you are the expert of your child. Trust your mama gut. Trust your instinct. This ties into, man, there were so many times where I knew something was off with my kids. And (laughs) no matter how many times I was told growing up, you got to be assertive. You got to be assertive. I would go to the doctor trusting that they knew way better than I did. And specifically, I will, I will mention this story. So Sawyer, one of the twins, he kept turning blue and I kept going to the doctor and I would say, Hey, something is going on with my son. His lips keep turning blue. And he just kept saying, well, he's had RSV. So he's probably just struggling a little bit every time he gets a cold. But so I knew that my son was raspy all the time. He like breathed raspy. He coughed raspy. He, if he said mama or dada, it was raspy. His face was swollen. And hey, that's real life. My husband was just calling me. Anyway, so (laughs) going back to Sawyer, I knew something was off. And I finally had had enough. And I had enough people tell me to trust my gut. And I took him into the ER after this one incident. He was in the bathtub and I was giving him a bath and I noticed his lips were so blue and his tongue was blue. And I took him to the ER and I said, I'm not leaving until you find out what is wrong with my son. And so they listened and they started doing tests and they realized that, hey, this kid is swallowing all his milk into his lungs. He is aspirating. So I say that because trust your gut. Trust your gut. You have a mama intuition that is connected to your child more than any other human on this planet. You know your child the best. All right, moving along. (sighs) Take notes. Journal. Journal, journal, journal. I have a journal for (laughs) each pregnancy. So I have a journal for Copeland, I have a journal for Riker, and I have a journal for the twins that they will open when they are 18. Granted, I have not done the best in the last couple of years of writing down the things that I wanted to remember, but it is so fun to go back and read what we wrote, read what their birth experience was like, read what they were like when they were two years old. And if you haven't started and they're like 16, do it now. It's not too late. Never too late. Okay, be present. Love the moment that you are in. I was the queen of, I can't wait till Copeland crawls. I can't wait till she walks. I can't wait till she's talking. I can't wait till she's out of diapers. I can't wait till she has a baby brother or a baby sister. Um, If I could go back and talk to my younger self, it would be, be present, 
This time will not last forever. And I know I was the same mama that was always told by the older moms, oh, just enjoy it. It goes by so fast. It does. It really does. And there were even times when I embraced those moments and I still wish I could go back. I mean, if you, if your child is more than like three years old, if you go back to even just them as a baby, there's something in a mama's heart where it just, oh, you're just wanting to go back and just squeeze them and kiss them. So be present, put down your phone. That for me was a big escape for me. It probably still is if I'm being honest, but I think even in the younger years, um, I clinged to texting friends or texting my mom or, and those are all great things, but I think I was more, um, I would love to go back and just like gently take the phone out of my hand and be, be available and to not constantly be doing something just to sit. And I have actually learned that from my sweet sister-in-law who is probably the most patient, present mother as I've watched her and her, her littles and just being present with her little ones and sitting on the floor and playing So please, mamas, go back. Not actually go back, because I have to go back. (laughs) Because mine are older now. But I I am choosing to be present when I can. And also giving myself grace for when I could not. And there was a lot of times where I emotionally could not be present. And that's okay. Okay. Next. Love. Oh, nope, we already did love the moment. Be intentional during nap time to pour into myself. All right. Okay. I'm going to admit something to you that (laughs) I am not proud of. But myself, about 14 years ago, right after Copeland was born, my whole day revolved around 1 o'clock. Do you know what came on the TV at 1 o'clock? Guiding Light, a soap opera a soap opera. And then at two o'clock, Martha Stewart. And then at three o'clock, Ellen DeGeneres. I, you know what? More power to you if you're still into soap operas. Um, love Ellen and I love Martha, but I can't say that that was the wisest choice <laughs> during that time. Um, and hey, maybe every other day it would be great, but there's so many more things that I could have been intentional about writing or taking a nap Yes, that's being intentional about self-care. It could have been uh, reading. It could have been um, creating stuff for us to do later. And again, I say all this not with any shame, but just more of, I hope that you can take away something that I have learned in the 14 years, looking back at those young years. Because if you're a mama in that early stage and you have just one not just one, because that's just as tough. I just ask that you would take something away in this episode and implement it. Hindsight is twenty twenty, you know? <sighs> All right, here we go. So speaking of shame, we got to let go of the mommy guilt. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. Mommy guilt 
is like all over the map. I would read so many books and be like, oh, I'm not doing that. And I'm not doing that. And I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And I should be looking like this mom and I should be going to mops every week. And I should, I should, I should be bringing wheel meals. I should be volunteering in the nursery. Oh, bleh. do not should on yourself. Right? Right? Mommy guilt is pointless. It just makes you feel awful. No, you are raising a human. Do not pile on guilt. That is the enemy. Stay focused in your lane. Stay focused on your children, on your child. Don't look at what Susie's doing. Don't look at how Mary is the queen of bringing the casseroles. What is God calling you to do right now? Maybe, maybe your kid has special needs and and all you have energy for is to pour into this child. And maybe you need that four-hour checkout and I need somebody else to watch my kid. And I can't give any more energy to anything else. And that is okay. Let go of mom guilt. Be kind to yourself. Be so very kind. You're learning. Man, we fail all the time and we go again. We get back up. So get back up and be kind to yourself. Man, if you exploded at your kid for yelling about getting in the car seat and not buckling up, hey, mama, I'm cupping your face and I'm saying it's okay. Take a deep breath. Ooh, girls, mamas, dads, people living life. Okay, the next thing that I wanted to say is when you are starting off in your parenting journey, and I'm speaking to myself now, a lot of these apply now too. So it's kind of cool because even if I'm speaking to young mamas, I'm speaking to myself. But I know when I first started parenting, I had an idea of what parenting would look like. It did not turn out the way that I thought it was going to look like. (laughs) Um, I always joke with my sister-in-law too about how (laughs) uh, I was the best parent before I was a real parent, Um, meaning I had so many judgments of what a good parent was. And then as soon as I became a parent, um... Life just looked a little different than what I thought. Um, my kid doesn't fit into a box. Um, my kids don't fit into a box. All four of my kids are not the same. Even my twins. They're about as opposite as day and night. One has blonde hair. One has curly brown hair. One is very artistic and quiet and introverted. And one is curly, curly-headed, extrovert, um, life of the party. Every kid is different. Life is different. Life is not what I thought it was going to be. And it's so much better than it was in my head. And I just needed to mold with whatever God was bringing to the table. And there was a long time where I resisted. 
even when I was pregnant with the twins, I couldn't even wrap my brain around the fact that I was having twins until I was about nine months old because it was such a surprise, surprise. <laughs> but that's just an example of, of I resisted so long of what my, I thought my life was going to look like. I thought we were going to adopt children really young. And I thought all of these things, but no, the Lord had a specific plan. He brought Copeland first. I wanted a boy first, but I got a sweet, amazing, beautiful leader of a girl first. And then I had three boys. One was a surprise. Uh, well, one I wanted for so long, then we were going to adopt. And then God changed the plans right at the last minute. We ended up pulling out from the adoption because I found out I was pregnant with Riker. And then we got pregnant with the twins, which was such a surprise. So being flexible and loving and embracing and receiving what God is giving you, no matter what your journey is. <sighs> and I will say on this too, I know that there are circumstances that are hard. They're so much harder than what we are in. That That's not what you expected life to be. And... Oh, God is with you in it. I do not believe that he gave you this hard circumstance or this special needs child. I mean, he gave you the special needs child because he knew that you are the mama for this sweet baby. But he's in it with you. He is molding and shaping you and showing you what joy and unconditional love is. Oh, I could go on and on about that. That's another show. Okay, here we go. Here's another one. I would say to my younger self, get counseling now. Get counseling now. I don't care if you can't afford it. There's so many opportunities that you can go out and get therapy, whether it's through a book, through Google, through your church, through a friend, a mentor, get therapy. I think that we did this well. However, I don't know if we pushed hard enough to really dig in. Um, we were both, Joshua and I both did therapy right after we got married. And it was good, but I felt um, in that season financially we couldn't afford it. But I, I wish that we could go back and continue to press forward, whether it was through friends or older friends that had been married a long time to really dig into the hard stuff with us, which kind of brings me back into don't avoid having the hard conversations with Joshua and I, we are definitely, um, more along the lines of the people pleaser. So we did not, um, <laughs> enjoy having harder conversations and, for me, I would go back and say, use your voice, Kristen. And to Joshua, I would say, use your voice, Joshua, because your both your voices matter. So I would go back and say, dig in. Dig in with each other. Your marriage is God-given, and you get to sharpen each other.
The other part of marriage too, I would say is keep date nights. There was definitely a season in our life where we were so consistent. We were known for having a weekly date night. And then once we had Riker, our second, we kind of um, felt like it was a little too much. Um, I would have gone back and said, no, keep going, keep going so that you can have those hard conversations. It's hard to have a real conversation when you have little toddlers running around. So creating intentional space for you to have those conversations. And if you need help with how to have those conversations, there are so many books on marriages that are fantastic and to dig in, dig in with friends, dig in with each other and talk about all of the things, money, sex, your relationship. Does he feel seen, heard? Do you feel seen and heard? Those are all important things to talk about. Okay. We're going to wrap this up here shortly. But I do want to hit on a couple more things, your body and your relationship with the Lord. So if I could go back and talk to my young mama self about my body, it would be A, go to counseling for all of what was surrounded by my worth in my body. I know you're with me, mama. We live in the age of Instagram, social media. And if it wasn't social media, it was magazines. If it wasn't magazines, it was comparing yourself with Sally Yuhu next door. So <laughs> those things, I would tell myself, A, what are the lies that I'm believing? And ask myself that and really dig in with a counselor, again, with a friend, with a mentor. Two, listen to my body. I was so good at ignoring the body signals. I, I mean, I could go on forever about how I was so out of tune with listening to my body that I think I, I, I am in a season of replenishing the ignorance or the pushing down of what it was saying and there's still redemption going on. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> so listen to your body. How are you nourish nourishing it? Maybe instead of eating half the pan of brownies, or maybe instead of eating um, stuff that I knew in my gut was not helpful, to really dig in what does my body enjoy? Let go of the guilt of eating a brownie. Goodness gracious, the guilt in itself is almost worse than the actual brownie. All right. One of the things that I would go back to and tell myself is to recognize what is the narrative in my head. There's so many stories that we tell ourselves that maybe we had to tell ourselves when we were little. And as we grow old, we continue to tell ourselves that. 
So one of mine, I will let you in on this one. And I, I'm, I say this only because it was my story, maybe at one point, but I know it's not true, but it is a default that it's up to me. It's up to me whether our family thrives. It's up to me whether my kids are well. It's up to me to push through. <laughs> like I started this whole conversation. It is not up to me. It's up to the surrender I give to my Heavenly Father to work through me. But it's not up to me. I have a choice whether to strive or to rest in what he's doing. But it's not up to me. It's up to my king. And coming back down to this place of centered, foundational truth, I would go back and I would have Kristen, I would have you, young mama, young woman, young father, and say, who are you? Who are you created to be? And the only way to answer that question is to ask, who is God? Not who your parents have told you, not who some book has told, him, told you who he is, but who you say he is. Do you remember when Jesus said, yes, Peter, I, I am the son of God, but who do you say I am? Actually, no, I got that wrong. The disciples say, you are the Messiah. And then he turns around and says, no, but I want to know who you say I am. And I think going from a place of young motherhood and really digging into your identity, really digging into your mission, really digging into your intentions, really digging into who he is and discovering his kindness and his goodness there's so much victory there and the pressure is off. I keep saying that on, in so many of our podcasts, the pressure is off and the stakes are high. So dear friend, if you are in the beginning stages of motherhood, this show is for you. <clears throat> There is no shame. Number one. And any of this that I've, I have written down and I have spoken on this podcast, it's all said in kindness, in hindsight of 2020, that you have a story and you are on this beautiful journey and that trust that he is the parent of your children and he will guide you. Don't make it about checking off boxes. Be present. Be present, be present, be present. Speak life into yourself, into your sweet babies. Love yourself well. The, the, degree of which we love ourselves well, and of course, loving God first, and then we love ourselves is how much we love those around us. 
So how are you going to love yourself well? Today, not in this ethereal concept. How are you going to turn off the podcast and go and meet your children? Ask Jesus about them. What does he say about each one? They all have an identity. All right. I feel like I could go on for like an hour. <laughs> and I feel like I'm preaching to myself. So I, I adore all of you, every single listener. I appreciate all of you sharing this podcast. I appreciate the subscribes and the listens. Hey, and if you are a mama and you are needing help navigating, I would love to come beside you. I do spiritual coaching and my heart is for young moms. And I know it's such a season of feeling like you have to be put on the back burner. And I am here to tell you that that is not the truth. It's actually going to serve your children well when you dig into who you are. Do you dig into who he is? And if you need help in discovering that, I would love to come alongside and help you. I have a six-week program for spiritual life coaching. Uh, I call it breakthrough coaching sometimes too. And just depending on where you're at in your story, I am here. I would love to help. All right. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoyed this show and that you will share it with your friends again. Y'all are the best. Thanks for listening to Holistic Hearts. As always, leave a review and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about my mom and all the things she is writing about, go to www.kristenfieldschadwick.com.